Welcome to Hustle and Faith. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. And so here we are. We're in the second week of the new year. And so I want to discuss how to react when life throws you curveballs. Okay. So again, we're in the second week of the new year. And honestly, guys, I love the beginning of the new year. It's, it's literally a fresh start, a chance for you to right your past wrongs. And you can make goals and create routines to help you stay on track. Now, although you don't have to wait an entire year to better yourself, there's something that's super exciting about seeing the calendar reinforce that you're literally on day one out of 365, okay? And I'm especially excited to see what 2018 has in store for me because 2017, guys, was full of ups and downs. And one of those downs was after being on my job for six years, I was laid off. And so I take comfort in the fact that I know that I'm going to be just fine, mainly because God gave me the much needed push to create two different websites. One is called Starring You, which is a digital marketing and technology blog. And the other one is Nature's Back, where I talk about uh, health and nutrition and beauty tips. That's more my creative outlet. And so I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Ecclesiastics 3 is definitely (laughs) the case for me and that God causes all things to work together for our good Romans 8 28 he knows that you can learn more through the storms of life than you do in the sunshine and so life's storms help us build character and if we seek God's help the storms that I experienced in 2017 demonstrated the areas in my life that I needed to completely rebuild and so God exposed a lot of negative traits that I had developed and been harboring over the years. And many of these traits may seem innocent, but if you allow them to linger and grow, they're going to easily bring you down. So during my self-examination, God made me aware that if I continue down the path that I was on, I would never be able to gain access to all the blessings that he has in store for me. And I know I'm not alone, so I wanted to share these traits with you as well, in case you need to make some adjustments as well. (laughs) Blaming God for your adversity. Oftentimes, people assume that Christianity means that you're not going to experience any pain or suffering. And quite frankly, guys, this couldn't be further from the truth. In Matthew 5, 45, God said that he allows it to rain on the just, and the unjust. Christians can handle whatever life throws at them. In fact, God warns us that we shouldn't be surprised when we encounter trials. And you can read about that in 1 Peter 4.12. So instead of being surprised, we should actually seek comfort in the fact that God will provide us with the strength that we need to overcome the troubles we are certain to face in this world, John 14.27. God is a loving father. He would never allow members of the royal priesthood to suffer defeat, 1 Peter 2.9. However, there is a requirement. God can only protect those that obey him. And you can read more about that in Matthew 10.28. Another thing we need to be careful of is speaking negative words. Whenever someone's going through a tough time, many people, myself included, I've got my hand raised, feel overwhelmed. We tend to see, we tend to ignore that light at the end of the tunnel. So I go out of my way to help people 
by speaking words of encouragement. However, I oftentimes fail to take my own advice. I know that's horrible, but I do. And so I don't give myself that same encouragement and compassion that I give to others. And that's wrong. I'm horrible at cheering for myself. And that's something that I am actively working on changing. And so I have a a nasty habit. I've developed a nasty habit of unfairly comparing myself to other people. And the sad thing is that I don't even do that right because I belittle my talents by unfairly comparing my weaknesses to the strength of others. I can't do this because of insert some ridiculous excuse. Excuses are nothing but lies and deceptions from Satan. If God placed a desire in your heart, then it's up to you to go for it. Before proceeding, make sure you know how to tell the difference between a desire and a burden. And there's a book that's called Facts You Need to Know by Pearlene Johnson that goes into this much deeper, but she has a a variety of different analogies in how you can go about deciphering whether something is a desire or a burden. And so the way you can test to see if something is a true desire is by looking at whether the thoughts of not having that object or person or situation cause you to feel anxious, fearful, upset, because you haven't obtained your your desire, okay? Your so-called desire. Because here's the thing, if you're feeling anxious, fearful, upset, those are negative traits. That's not a desire. It's a desire disguised as a burden. It's truly a burden, guys. So anything that you wish to obtain in your life that has a negative connotation attached to it, that's not from God. In James 1.17, God's gifts are perfect. They're never going to cause you to feel negative. So, you know, he can't, however, guys, he can't give you these gifts that you, these gifts that you're desiring if you're constantly allowing negativity to take control of your soul. Our words have power. The mere fact that God literally spoke the world into existence is evidence of this fact. Therefore, if your life is constantly filled with negativity, take a step back and assess your vocabulary. The words you speak could be the culprit that's causing your troubles. (laughs) Um, It was in my case. So once you start rebuilding your vocabulary with words of faith, you're gonna be amazed at how quickly your dreams are going to start to manifest. Now, here's another thing, guys. And again, I'm guilty of this as well. Having a lack of faith. Hindsight is 2020. There are so many events in my life that I chalked up to being a coincidence. And they weren't coincidences, guys. Even though the situations were different, the message was the same. God was trying to get my attention. He saw that I was headed down the wrong road. I was letting fear and impatience stop me from living the extraordinary life Christ had in store for me. I tried so hard to find the perfect job. You know, I I would go, I would find a job, finally make traction in in thinking, okay, maybe I might end up here only to end up getting laid off. You know, and this cycle went on for a couple years and I remember my mom encouraging me throughout that whole time to start my own business. I didn't think it was possible, but I gave it a try. So I had some clients, but not enough to sustain it without working my full-time job. So my first business, failed miserably (laughs) and I should not have been surprised when it failed guys because I was relying on my own resources aka my talent instead of God's 
And so my first business, again, like I just said, it failed. It wasn't because I didn't know what I was doing, but because I didn't have enough faith in myself and that God would help me turn it into a successful business. Now, my lack of faith is something that God has been trying to show me over and over throughout the years. And I'm not gonna lie, guys, I'm a little slow. I It, it all came to a head last year, and I may get into that in future podcasts, but it all came to a screeching halt last year. And um, so I'm, I'm disappointed in myself that it took this long to recognize the fact that God created a variety of scenarios in my life, and all of them were done to demonstrate that I had nothing to worry about and that he would take care of me. However, again, I was I was slow and I was just too dumb to realize the lesson he was trying to teach me. But had I not focused, had I not focused on the circumstance, I would have been able to easily identify the main lesson that he wanted me to learn, which is 1 Philippians 4:13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Another way thing that you need to keep in mind is that it's okay to make mistakes, okay? I really hate making mistakes. You know, I I strive for perfection in all aspects of my life. And there's nothing wrong with this mindset provided you have a balance. And that's something that I didn't have. And so I literally gotten to the point that I was actually starting to feel like my own worst memory, uh, my own worst enemy, um, because I had a bad case of analysis paralysis. And in case you're wondering what that means, it's someone who researches everything to death because they want to make the right decision, but they have all this information in front of them and then they can't make a decision. And, and again, yeah, I see the irony in that, but that's exactly what I had. And so, again, I would gather so much information, but then when it came time to move, I never felt 100% confident. And this was wrong. My desire to not make mistakes was inadvertently causing me to make mistakes. God knows that we're going to stumble during our our journey in the Christian life. And so it's comforting to know that perfection can be achieved provided our life reflects Christ's obedience and righteousness. And if we're trying to live the Christian life, then we need to relax and let him lead us. Another thing we need to do is accept the consequences, okay? Even though we all make mistakes, we must be willing to accept the consequences. Although there are some consequences that can't be undone, well aware of that but when we encounter these types of situations we have to be willing to accept the consequences saying i'm sorry doesn't always undo the mistake okay for example if you stole a shirt when you get caught emphasis on when you get caught because you will you may apologize to the store owner but there are still consequences to your actions the store store owner may want you to go to jail you know, and the store owner is completely within within his right to do so because you tried to steal from him. You know, even though you may be truly remorseful for the sinful act that you committed, you have to accept the consequences that come with wrongdoing. Consequences are attached to our behavior to reduce or completely eliminate the chances of you repeating that sinful deed. Another thing we need to work on, guys, uh, to think about is expecting instant gratification. Guys, I will be completely honest. Patience is one of the few virtues that I have never mastered. Um, (laughs) I'm more patient with others than I am myself. And if I do task A, 
I immediately expect to be re rewarded, okay? So if you give me a task to do, some sort of um, some item that you want me to complete and I do it, I wanna be rewarded right then and there. And I'm well aware that life does not work this way. Um, in fact, there are many times when you do the right thing, but you aren't rewarded for your good deed until years later, okay? Oftentimes through a completely different channel than the one you expected. And again, remember, a thousand years is like one day to God. And you can read about that in 2 Peter 3.8. God's primary concern is making sure that your life actually, actually reflects the life of a Christian before he blesses you. If it does, then you can take solace in knowing that he will bless you. God already knows that he's going to bless your endeavors. Therefore, timing is not of the essence to him. Okay, now that's a tough pill to swallow. At, at least it was for me. And, and it still is sometimes. Especially when you're surrounded by people who don't work as hard as you do, but they still prosper in their endeavors. You know, that has always made me angry. And there's nothing wrong with feeling anger, but you can't let it turn into sin, which uh, the Bible goes into more in Ephesians 4.26. So when I get upset, I literally, I just have to calm myself down, you know, count to 10. And then I have to remind myself, why am I angry in the first place? And that's because my focus isn't on God. It's on those people. And my focus should be on God. So again, I don't know what those folks did to get to where they are in life. So I need to stop being envious of them. Plus, you don't even know if what those folks claim they have or do is legit, okay? There's a ton of people online that are like, I'm making $5,000 a day or $5,000 a month, and you don't know that. You really don't know that. And and I'm not saying that there aren't some people that are have been successful online, but again, there's a lot of people that are looking to con other people. And you just have to be, you know, you, you just have to be cautious, okay? And again, one of the best ways to combat that is by making sure that you are not falling for that trap, okay? Focus on God. The bottom line is if you aren't willing to completely do what they do, then you need to stop looking at what they do that's causing you to be envious of them. Remember, the grass may seem greener on the other side, but it still needs to be mowed. Another thing you need to keep in mind is stop being naive. Just because people smile in your face doesn't mean that they like you. There are some very, very devious people in this world and I've had my fair share of being taken advantage of because I made the same mistake of thinking that everyone was sincere like me. You know, my parents raised my sister and I to be kind and helpful and I just naturally assumed that other people were raised like us, but I was naive. And so this world is filled with horrible people who are a couple fries short of a Happy Meal, okay? And their mission in life is to make as many people as they can feel as hurt and miserable as they do. And your job is to control your reactions to these people, okay? While dealing with these type of people, I've learned that you may not be able to control your actions, but God gave you the ability to control your reaction. Sometimes if you're like me, you don't want to believe that the person you thought was your friend or was nice is a, is a jerk, you know? And so in situations where you're confused, ask God to help you. However, many of us, myself included, 
cause ourselves unnecessary pain and suffering when we ignore the signs that we ask God to show us. Don't allow yourself to be so enchanted that you miss the evidence that God is trying to give you. You know deep down when someone has shown their true colors, but it's up to you to accept the reality that you see. Living in the past. This is another one, guys. I have been struggling really, really hard with this one. There's something incredibly heartbreaking about getting older and realizing dreams that you have yet to fulfill. And it hurts even more when you're able to pinpoint the exact situation in the past that could have changed the course of your life. There are so many things that my mom tried to warn me about, but I just didn't understand it at the time. I kept wondering, well, lately I, I keep wondering, what if I did insert action? You know, what if I did this? What if I did that? My life would be so much better than what it is now. And regardless of whether this is true, you can't allow your past regrets to rob you of present opportunities. If we don't focus on redeeming the time that we have now, we're going to unnecessarily add burdens and regrets to our life. So acknowledge your past mistakes and learn from them. Just because your life took a detour doesn't mean that you can't get back on track and live an extraordinary life. So, you know, what's next for me? Okay, so these are the eight traits. Uh, these are some negative traits that I plan on conquering this year. And I've let negative traits in, infiltrate my life for way too long. And I refuse to let them control my life anymore. This is going to be a brand new Tasha. And I have that capability because Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 tells me that can be the case. So. This is gonna be a brand new Tasha. My main goal this year is to be more proactive in removing all the negative aspects of my life. So I plan on doing this by, you know, completing my spiritual checklist. I've got like a little checklist of, you know, all the negative traits that I feel like I possess. And I wanna make sure that each day that I'm checking that checklist, you know, how did I do today on keeping my, um, you know, maintaining patience how did i do and making sure that i wasn't jealous you know things of that nature so i've got a spiritual checklist that i plan on completing every day and then there's something that i love and that's my grateful notes and just in case you are wondering what in the world are grateful notes grateful notes are something that i've been doing for the past six years so i literally every day regardless of how bad a day i have had I write down three things that went right that day. So, you know, guys, sometimes, you know, if you woke up, that's a blessing. You can write that as number one. If you've got your health, your strength, shelter, food, you know, these are things that you can write down because we naturally take that for granted. You don't have to have those things, guys. You don't have to have those things. So, again, I, I write down three things that I, you know, am particularly proud of that went well that day. And, and lots of times, guys, I just keep going. You know, some days you got like, oh my goodness, everything was going right today. So I, many times I've actually had more than three. And so then the last week of the year, you know, that New Year's Eve week, I literally take out all my notes and I go through them all. I literally read each note. And then I pick out those events that were 
really, really major. So like if I went on a vacation or if, you know, some sort of recognition or something like that, I would create a list, like a top 10 list of 2017, top 10 list of 2016. And so it's an exercise that I'm, an exercise that I've been doing for the past six years that has really, um, it's been a fun one. It, it, it definitely has, and um, it, it definitely enables you to see how much you have to be grateful for. So that's something that I plan on continuing. And so doing these two things are going to help me stay on track with living the Christian life. And so the way I look at it, Satan has stolen enough from me. Uh, okay, he has stolen enough from me, and it's time to start reclaiming the gifts that God has in store for me. And so God knows that we live in a sinful world, but he left Christians his peace. In Ephesians 6, 10, and 18, we can take comfort in knowing that God left us the armor we need to protect ourselves from the trials and tribulations of this world. The question is, are you willing to wear it? And so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you got any questions or comments, I would love to hear them. Thank you so much again for taking time out of your schedule to listen to this podcast. And I'll see you in the next podcast. Take care, guys.